From the Financial Times in London, I'm Peggy Hollinger, and this is FT News. Space mining is about to leap from the pages of science fiction to commercial reality. The Luxembourg government is launching an initiative with European and U.S. partners to create a new space industry that will exploit asteroids for metals and other materials that are rare on Earth but plentiful in these rocky near-Earth objects. I'm here to discuss the development with our science editor, Clive Cookson. Hello, Clive. Hi, Peggy. Can you tell me what this initiative is all about? Well, the small nation of Luxembourg fancies itself as a space hub. A generation ago, it played quite a role in the establishment of a commercial satellite industry, and it still owns or co-owns one of the big operators. Now it sees an industry of the future, maybe decades in the future, in sending spacecraft up to asteroids, which are hundreds of millions or tens of millions of miles away between Earth and Mars. They're rich in materials like platinum metals, also rich in water, other metals. The idea is that they'll be processed up there and either used in space for the space program itself to build new spacecraft or space fuel, or, in terms of the really valuable ones, brought back down to Earth. But I'm a bit puzzled. Tell me exactly how they mine for something on an asteroid. First, you've got to find it. So the first stage in all this will be to send out a fleet of small, tiny, sort of scout-prospecting satellites. They'll find the best targets. Then a mining spacecraft, which still only exists on drawing boards or in computers, will be built up there, probably in stages. It'll drill and process the material, and then it'll probably move it closer to Earth. And then it'll process it, sort it out, send some of it back down to Earth, and probably manufacture other things in space. But if we have to build all of that infrastructure for manufacture in space and you have to transport it, you have to find the asteroid, the costs of this are going to be prohibitive. And second of all, if all of a sudden these metals, which are rare and presumably very expensive on Earth, suddenly become easily accessible, easily being a relative word, the cost will come down. How does that model work? It will indeed cost tens of billions, and you wouldn't catch me putting any of my money into this, but... Wealthy people have invested in at least two space asteroid mining companies. They say that it's all feasible. They've done the calculations. I think it really depends not only on bringing valuable commodities back to Earth, but it will really only take off if the whole global space program takes off, if they can be paid to make spacecraft to explore the solar system, if governments... US, European governments really invest in space in the future. I think it'll need that, as well as the simple, old-fashioned idea of mining for metals. So, Clive, there are obviously some very big corporate names behind the companies, deep space industries and planetary resources. These could just be vanity projects for the likes of Larry Page and Eric Schmidt of Google, who hope to strike it rich. But are there any big space names in this? Yes, there are quite a few people in ESA, the European Space Agency, and NASA, who believe in it. One of the biggest names is Jean-Jacques Dandin, who was Director General of ESA for many years. And when he left ESA last summer, he decided that this was going to be his next project. He'd been approached by the Luxembourg government, by Etienne Schneider, the Deputy Prime Minister, who was the person putting real momentum behind it. And Jean-Jacques Dordain, after spending several months doing due diligence, talking to space experts, 
he told me, I'm convinced that there is great scientific and economic potential in Luxembourg's vision. He's a big name. So ESA being the European Space Agency, well, why didn't they invest in it if it's such a great idea when Mr. Dourdan was there? Well, ESA and NASA and the Japanese Space Agency are investing in this sort of thing. They're sending spacecraft to asteroids, to comets, to explore them. And another thing that this chimes in with is the fear that one of them, a rogue asteroid, might hit Earth. So these space agencies are putting resources into exploring asteroids. They just don't think it's their role to make billions out of it. I suppose one of the big questions, I mean, space presumably belongs to all of humanity, not to any particular nation, any particular company. So the question is, who owns this? And what are the issues around who will profit from this? I think there are vexed legal international space law issues, as you say, around this, because there's an outer space treaty that most of the world's governments, all the big industrial countries signed up to almost 50 years ago, which put all this material beyond Earth, said it was the common heritage of mankind. Now, last year, the US almost preempted that by passing an act which said that American companies, if they went exploring on asteroids and found valuable things, then it would belong to them. But not everyone's going to accept this. They can probably find a way around it in the same way as people found a way around mining the deep sea for nodules of metal on the ocean's bed. But it's certainly going to be an issue for international lawyers if it ever takes off. Well, Clive, that is truly fascinating, and I'm not sure I'll be around to see it. But I uh, hope. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Peggy. Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.